You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Les Bertarian, the only place for liberty loving muff divers and muff diving enthusiasts. Join us this week as we tear apart the political binary and take a look at issues through the lens of non-aggression and reason. I'm your host, Kim Chang. Throw on your flannel, rent your U-Haul, and let's get this thing started. Hi, friends. I know it's been a while, but I wanted to talk about grief and suffering. Two things that are important and that everybody will go through in everyday life. And I wanted to talk about these things while they're still fresh for me as I record. My mom's memorial was yesterday morning. And I know it's been a long time, but I spent that long period of time just trying to focus on helping her. It was a long journey filled with a lot of suffering, as one would know, with cancer. If you're a survivor or had to take care of somebody with cancer, she had something called sarcoma, and it was stage four and terminal. And they told her straight up, you know, I can't cure you. So we were starting on that basis. And it was as her daughter and the person that she was the closest to, it was upon me to make sure that her journey suffering through that sort of thing, as you can imagine, difficult, very painful, and a lot of things that you would have to deal with mentally and emotionally and, of course, preparing yourself for what could happen. And, of course, there were moments of hope where she thought she was going to turn around. And then there were there were moments where she was like, you know, I am tired of this happening. And so it was incumbent upon me as somebody who loved her just to help her on that journey. And I just want to share some of the things that I use to get through this. Um... And maybe this will help you in the future. Keep in mind that nobody's journey is the same at all. It won't ever be the same. This is just a way to deal with it. And I'm not going to turn it into, well, of course, as a person who loves philosophy, I'm going to turn a lot of this into philosophical talk. So get used to that or hit stop now. But of course, everybody's journey is the same. And you have to keep in mind that even as being the same person who has to go through this journey, You might not deal with it the same each time either. And let's make it clear that it isn't just the death and loss of the loved one that can make you grieve. It could be the loss of a relationship, friendships, realizing that there was a time that in your past, and it literally is now your your past, and you are going to be a different person. You're moving into a different aspect of your life. And you can mourn and grieve over that sort of thing. Because sometimes it does mean that you're cutting off a certain group of friends that were maybe toxic to you or weren't growing at the rate that you were. And you still love them, but it it is painful to have to let go of those people. I thankfully have had a group of friends for over two decades where they've grown with me. And I guess we've just grown to the point where we're just lazy and just sit around. But just kidding. We're all pretty much growing and we help each other grow and we listen. And I've had that close mesh of friends, but I've also tried to widen that circle to more people. And I've chosen people that will help me grow, people with different life experiences or things that we do have in common as the core, but then 
it comes to other things and they have different experiences and I learned from them and it has helped a lot. So that's one of the things I have used through this process is having such a wide circle of people that I can ask them about their experiences in that close knit group of people that know me personally and can just cut through any of the BS that I could be speaking or thinking and just get right to the heart of it. So those things are important. Another thing, of course, I used is stoicism. That's not new to most people who have listened to this podcast. Very staunch stoic, and that started around the beginning of this podcast. And stoics and most philosophers are very, very much into letting people know that you have to know that there is an end, you have an expiration date, and not to put that off. So if that makes you uncomfortable, you're definitely going to have to hit stop now because I'm about to get into some death talk here. And that was very clear for, for me. I know I have an expiration date. I actually spend time thinking about that. And with my mom, especially around the two months she was on hospice, that's as long as she lasted, that's hospice is saying, hey, death is coming. I mean, of course, there are things in this world that, you know, occurrences where things have turned around for some people during hospice. But for the most part, you're concentrating on, yep, the end is coming. So now let us, let us get prepared for that end. And Stoics kind of do this with their entire lives. And one of the Stoics that, actually I should probably pause there for a moment to talk about something. When I share things from different philosophers, I'm not trying to use them like some sort of scripture where you just use it as a salve. It's just, once again, similar to using some of the experience of uh, experiences of other people that I know and my own experiences to kind of color what I'm saying, and sometimes they just express it better. So I wanted to add that caveat so people aren't thinking this is going to be the, instead of using some sort of Jesus scripture, I'm just using a philosopher. I'm just using some of their better said words. And Seneca has a lot of things in his uh, dialogues and letters that's pretty awesome, and it's public, so anybody can find these sort of things. But some of the things he said, and this was pertinent to my journey, he wrote, Dearest Mother, I have often had the urge to console you and often restrained it. Many things have encouraged me to venture to do so. First, I thought it would be laying aside all my troubles when I had at least wiped away your tears, even if I could not stop them coming. Then, I did not doubt that I would have more power to raise you up if I had first risen myself, staunching my own cut with my hand I was doing my best to crawl forward to bind up your wounds, which obviously was important for me, is while you're trying to take care of somebody who is suffering and at the end of their lives, you're just thinking, gosh, this is going to affect me. This is heavy. I'm carrying a gigantic load of pain and suffering and knowing I'm about to lose this person. And that's where I had to stop and say, okay, I always knew I was going to lose her, obviously, if one is so lucky to outlive their child because they're, they're somebody that is close to me and dear to me that lost their child young. And that is a pain that is hard to understand. And of course, it's hard to be stoic through because stoics are so hardcore. The ancient stoics are super hardcore. A lot of uh, us stoics kind of, we take this advice with a little grain of salt because it's hard to just go, oh, well, just think of somebody else's mother dying. And how you would feel about that. And you usually don't get super messed up about it. Unless you were close to that mother. You just say, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. And that's how you're supposed to treat your loss. Okay. It's a little hard to do that. Because 
Stoics should be loving people. We got to get away from that whole lowercase Stoics where you just don't show any emotion. That's not what uppercase Stoicism is. And I won't get into all of that at this point because I am actually going to go on a cam podcast to talk about Stoicism in a little more depth so it makes more sense. But anyway, moving right along. He continues, I realize that your grief should not be intruded upon while it was fresh and agonizing, in case the consolations themselves should rouse and inflame it. For an illness, too, is nothing is more harmful than premature treatment. So I was waiting until your grief of itself should lose its force, and, being softened by time to endure remedies, it would allow itself to be touched and handled. Now I shall offer to the mind all its sorrows, all its mourning, garments. This will not be a gentle prescription for healing, but cautery and the knife. And these things were important to me because when you start losing somebody, you turn introspective and you start worrying not only about what they're going through, but what you're going to go through. But this also is a learning experience for for anybody who's going through it and that it should put our lives into perspective. And it did for me. And there's a lot of there are a lot of things that I'm working on right now that I hadn't noticed until up to this time. I've grown some areas. I've actually reversed in some areas and I need to fix those. But seizing the moment, seizing the day. And it shouldn't be the end of a life that teaches us that. It shouldn't be the end of our lives. It shouldn't be the end of anybody else's that teaches you to seize the day and just enjoy it. We have to do this every single morning. And that's why Stoics will say, act like you're dying. You're about to die. You have an expiration date and you know what it is. Maybe it's tomorrow. And you have to treat your days like that. Because a lot of people just go through their lives just saying, I'm just going to ignore everything about dying. And then when they get close to it or they get a diagnosis from the doctor, like my mom did that, hey, you have stage four cancer and I cannot cure you. My mom said, just looked at him and she's a strong, she was a strong Christian. And all she said was, okay. I mean, of course, there was some shock there, but... Even in Christianity, you know you're going to die someday. and So you need to live every day like, okay, it could be tomorrow. So what am I going to do? I Yes, I have my 24-hour stuff. I still got to do my my job. How exciting. Uh, maybe you have kids, got to feed the kids, you got to get them up, whatever. Whatever you do for your day, you barely have any time for yourself at the end of the day. But even if you barely have time for yourself at the end of the day, you still got to find some time to really work on you because... We are here as humans, just doing our thing. We all exist, no matter what you believe of how we got here. We're all going through this grind until the end of time, or our time, and the end of time, eternity. I don't know when that is, because obviously we're all going to be clearly dead before that happens, because I feel like the universe is going to go on forever. So, and I have no idea how that whole thing is, and I don't actually have to concern myself with that, because I am not going to live that long. Treat every day as if it could be the last. Love every moment. If you've got to find, if you even have five minutes where you're just in the bathroom, kids are knocking on the door and screaming, those five moments, just sit there and just think about the things that you have in your life that you would miss if they weren't there. Even those screaming kids, or if you have a job where maybe it's super demanding, demanding into something that you enjoy doing, and you got crazy people that drive you insane there, 
just enjoy that you got to that step. You're where you wanted to get. This is the career and you're, people just make everything complicated. So if we based everything on, I can't stand people, then we would just give up on life because you're always going to run up against some crazies or people that are just going to give you stripe or even loved ones that don't intentionally mean to be a pain in the butt, but they will. But take those moments to go, okay, there are things in my life that if I did not have them, I would sincerely want them, but I have them. Yeah, sure, there are other things that we want in life, but think about what you have now and think about what if just one by one taking them away, your kids, your job, all that, taking that away and going, how would I feel without those? And just treasuring that because all these things outside of us, external to us, have an expiration date. They won't always be there. We won't always be there to enjoy it. And that's the kind of perspective I had with losing my mom is that I got to enjoy that whole was a year and a half that I got to take care of her, just really just talking about things. And if there were any aspects of our lives or things that we hadn't ever discussed and that caused pain between us, that we could just sit down and talk about them and talk about them logically, which I really enjoyed. But there were moments where it could it got really close to being emotional, but we were able to sit down and go, look, this is what I was thinking. And I'm sorry that you felt that way. It made you feel like that. I didn't know that. And that was very important to have, but it not should not be at the end of somebody's life that we have those discussions, have those things now. Sit down and take the time. That's how we're supposed to be living. So that is what I'm imparting on everybody when it comes to grief, loss, and suffering. If you're dealing with it, deal with it in the moment. And if you can't deal with it at the, that exact second, because there were moments where I, my mom was just screaming in pain and the, the kind of pain where the neighbors could hear that sort of thing and they're calling 911 concern. Uh, of course, I wanted to freak out and you, you want to cry about that because you don't want a loved one in pain. But I had to stop that at that moment and go, my focus and concern is her and we're going to help her to calm down and alleviate this pain. And then when she was relaxed and usually sleeping, then I would go and sit down and go, okay, why did I react this way? Is there anything I can do to stop it from happening? And if there is nothing I can do, then what can I do? How can I be of help in this situation as opposed to worrying about and trying to trouble over things that I couldn't control? What can I do to make this situation, if not better, then what can I do to, to get through this? What can I do with the knowledge that I just learned to get through this situation and it'd be calmer or handled better this time around? And once again, that's another nugget that I'm giving you. All right. That is all for this ramblings or these ramblings. And I don't really know what direction this podcast is going, but we'll talk about that at some point. I don't even know if I'm going to be fully back or what that's going to look like. Because once again, as I said, the journey of grief is different from for everybody. And some moments I'm perfectly fine. Others it just runs you over like a freight train, like a cartoon where, you know, you just have these freight trains running you over and somehow you magically are still alive. You just have these track marks over your back and it's just train after train. And actually that sounds really bad. Let's not go about trains anyway, but the grief will hit and then you'll be fine again. So, and I know that's going to be something I'll do with the rest of my life is thinking of moments where I'd like my mom to be there and, but they'll become less and less and she will be with me in a different form at that point for comfort. But anyway, all right, guys, I guess I will catch you next time, whenever that is. You can reach me still on social media, Lesbertarian for Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, all of that, even Gmail, lesreturn at gmail.com. It makes it easier. All right, guys. Talk to you later.